This is going to be a very special week, uh, Bazalana. I'm not saying this uh, just hubua fela. I'm sensing as the years go by, God is releasing us more and more to teach on things that I've really wanted to teach for many, many years. I feel what the book of Hebrews say, uh, that even though in the book of Hebrews it says it in the negative, but I want to say it in the positive, that the time has come for many of you to receive the meat of the word. Credit to your growth, your hunger, your desire. Because what most people don't understand is that people who set the bar for what comes from here is the congregation. If you don't hunger, if you don't thirst, if you are not growing, then it's, it's not possible. Paul talked to the church in Corinth. He says, you know, you know I, 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 I wanted to preach to you, but I, I had to feed you with milk because you're not, you not ready to even digest meat yet. And then even in the book of Hebrews, he says, you know, by now, you know, instead of being learners, you ought to be teachers. You should have moved on to the other principles. That, you know, from the things I learned in Bible school, uh, things that I've studied, there is so many things I want to teach. So many. But over the years, one has felt restricted because of the, the attitude of the people. Not attitude in a bad way, but they didn't come hungry. They, they didn't prioritize God. They were not teachable. They, they, they were not growing. They were not taking this thing seriously. When we wanted to have a prayer meeting, very few people showed up. And the rest of them had an attitude problem. And I want us to know, Bazalana, as a church, that God will only take us as far as we will let him. He'll never take us beyond. And no matter what we know, no matter how much grace is in our lives, you are the one who determines how much of that grace can be released on your lives. Because often when I travel with our members and they see me preach in other places, they say, Mara, you don't preach like this. Kiriya, Mara, these people receive me different to you. You are, you've become too familiar. But these people, when we go there, somehow they are far more open, far more receptive. But I think we, we and, and we'll say this, we have self-corrected. Your attitude is different. Tell your neighbor, your attitude doesn't stink anymore. Your attitude is different. This is a great year, Barcelona, because we've been talking with Bishop Freddie, as you heard, how we're emerging in the church and we're coming in, they're coming in as part of grace, and how we're going to be moving on in evangelism. This man is anointed by God to be an evangelist. And I've said for many years that as a church, I'm seeing a time when we will see all offices represented. We will see the apostolic office, which is already there, the apostolic office, which I operate in, we'll see the prophetic office. We will see the office of an evangelist, the office of pastor and teacher. We're going to see the full restoration. Already, we already have several of those people, but in the way we're going to structure our church, we're going to give room for these offices because some of these officers are itinerant in nature. They don't look after a local church. They feed us all as the corporate body. 
And as we are planting the thousand churches, and this year our target is to plant a hundred churches, we're going to see more and more people rise up by God. Come on, give me some more of that. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. And as we self-correct and we have hunger for God and we intentionally run after the things of God and we bring a healthy attitude to church with us. But we don't just hear the word, we do the word. May I commend those of you who are in Kairos, the new recruits in Kairos because I saw there are many people who came to Kairos who've been serving in our church for many, many years. And in my heart, I wished for them to come to Kairos, but they never came. Mara, last year they self-corrected in that time. Shamama. Because I was looking at these people and I said, if there's people that I think we can trust with our churches, it's these people. But why are they not coming to Kairos? It's a new season in our church. People are self-correcting. People are living the things of childishness. Linda, as I stand to preach, I, I feel a different anointing. Because I'm preaching to a different people in the house. So, so this week, we're going to really explore the topic of intercessory prayer. Fully so. I may not recap what I said the day before. So, you, you owe it to yourself to be here every day. To be here early, on time. Look at your name and say, especially you. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, uh, I want to focus on teaching. Therefore, I'm going to teach by precept and example. In other words, not only am I going to teach, we're going to practice what we are teaching. So that you can be empowered. Look at your neighbor and say, comrade, you're going to be empowered. Yeah. You see, when I came into ministry, one of the things that made a big impression in my heart one day when I was thinking about it, and I was spending time to pray, and I was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you know. And when Paul was saying to the church in Corinth, when I came to you, I didn't come with words of wisdom, but I came to you declaring the, the testimony of God, you know. I was with you in fear and trembling. My speech and my preaching were not with words of wisdom, but with demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I'm quoting scripture, ask this. <laughs> and I remember I was studying that for the whole month, and one day as I, was, as I was meditating on that, the Spirit of God showed me something. And I realized that, you know, our role as preachers and teachers of the word is to preach such that people can take what we're saying and apply it. Yeah. That's the picture I had. When somebody comes, when they leave, they should know how to. It's no use you looking at us and admiring us that we can pray. It doesn't help. We must be able to take what we know and pass it on to you. So, but we, we, we cannot do that. God went further. We cannot do that if we don't have the guts to let people practice spirituality in church. And give them room who buys them. Now, not long after, I saw a program where they, were, they shot an entire program of somebody who has been initiated to become a sangom. 
They showed it on SABC. I don't know how many of you remember that program. You don't remember. Lunala Binder fell. I didn't bind, I watched. And funny enough, it's a program that like, as I was looking, one of the things I realized, Kuhur, they actually teach these people how to yield to spiritual influence. There, there is a way, there are things that when you do them, you can get into the spiritual dimension. But then I thought, how often do we do that in church? When we talk about the anointing, can we show you the steps to take to receive the anointing and how to yield? This is the week for you. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of this week, you'll be a powerful prayer warrior. If I could tell the devil about you, I would tell the devil, don't mess with her, don't mess with him. Yeah. You can learn how to pray. We were talking about this Linda Demkonto today, and I was so glad. Because he started asking me something, because when we started the checking in and the checking out thing with, after our conference, many of you started checking in and checking out. In prayer, by the way. He's seeing, he's seeing the other. So they started doing that at home. And today he asked a certain question about prayer. And then I said to him, you see, you are asking that because, this is very powerful. You are asking that because as you practiced what you learned, you found out there were other things about the same subject matter. To learn, you must practice what you've been taught. And as you practice what you have been taught, you learn other things that you were not told about. And you start having other questions about the same subject. That's why when somebody is not doing it, you can tell. Some of you, Lalibu, I want to oh, Ushalo. One tanta. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope I went on tanta. Lamo tatanga rapela kadi tanks, wadibona or kitsa, kitsa entry level. How many of you have sitting next to somebody on a little tanks to entry level? No, no, no. Some of you, you won't understand what I'm saying. Why? Because you don't pray in tongues regularly. So you will not know. You won't know. Even when I give you a say, Look at your neighbor and say, to do Yeah. You see, when God says pray without ceasing, He doesn't tell you what will happen when you pray without ceasing. You only find out what happens. When you start praying without ceasing. And it's the only people who pray without ceasing who will be able to talk about that. If you don't pray without ceasing, you won't know what you're talking about. See, when you operate in the anointing, people can talk about, you see, when John the Baptist saw Jesus and he reacted the way he reacted, when you walk in the anointing, you know that. You can see the anointing on somebody's life. And you know a weightier anointing when you see it. But if you don't walk in the anointing, you won't know. You won't know. You won't know. You'll just talk to them anyhow. And you don't know who you're talking to. You see, so I'm saying when it comes to prayer, the scales are falling off your eyes this week in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody, if you believe it, give the Lord a shout in the house. Yeah. So I'm going to teach my precept example. And why I'm teaching on intercessory prayer is that, Mamela I don't want us to lose the tenets, the tenets of our doctrine as charismatics. Now, some of you, with what I've just said, 
The word tenant simply means the principles and beliefs. I don't want to go into details. Our type of churches are called the charismatic churches. Different churches have different belief systems. We all believe the Bible, but there are certain uh, doctrines that we amplify and emphasize more than others. All right? So now we're called charismatics because we believe in Jesus as Savior and Lord of our lives, the forgiveness of sin. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the virgin birth. We believe to be born again. We believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. We believe in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. That word gifts of the Spirit is the word charismata in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in Greek. So because we believe not only in the work of the Holy Spirit in terms of making you born again, you being filled with the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit preserving you and all of that, we believe in being filled with the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues, but not just speaking in other tongues, but the operation of the charismata. So they call us charismatics. How many of you are sitting next to a charismatic? <laughs> but, mamela, 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 mamela. Our problem, though, as charismatics is even those doctrines are not taught in our churches. And if they are taught, they are taught in a shallow way. You see, Rosalind, there are things that make you who you are, and they distinguish you. See, if, if you go to McDonald's, there are certain things that McDonald's does that Steers doesn't do. And those things make McDonald's to be McDonald's. And when you buy the franchise at McDonald's, they will tell you, if you work about McDonald's, these following things are non-negotiable. You can't change your colors and make them pink and lemon. You, you got to have the colors. You can't now obey another type of burger. You got to have the menu here called McDonald's. You can add here and there, Hanya Anifel. But you've got to stick to a certain discipline. That's what makes you McDonald's. So when you buy the franchise, when you train your staff, you train them on the McDonald's way. Now, our problem as charismatics is we are busy drinking from other wells. We are learning the teachings. We are importing teachings of other people when we haven't mastered what makes us who we are. See, so the charismatic church, of the many other things that the charismatic church has been known for, we've been known for prayer. You read it. You read it. I'm thankful. He gave me, he gave me a book last year, and I want to thank you for that book. Because I was asking questions. And the book is 2,000 Years of Charismatic uh, Christianity. And this person writes about the charismatics, where we started, and what we believe, and Lapele. And I tell you, that book really started, because I was already thinking and praying about it. So God bless you, young man. Okay. When I read that book, I realized how much of the charismatic tenants' beliefs that are no longer taught in churches. We're teaching other things about success, prosperity. We, you know, there's all kinds of things. We have imported other doctrines. And can I, can I, can I speak? Can I speak? 
Because let me tell you, there are different streams in the world that are there. All right. Now, what has happened in South Africa, we also have had a stream of some of the African-American ministries that have come into the country that have had great influence on us, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they also came with a certain belief system. Some of them you don't know that they don't even believe in speaking in other tongues. You may not know that. Ah, Labonayano. But some of the belief systems when it comes to things like, can God, does God make people sick? Some people believe God makes people sick. Charismatics don't, generally speaking. We believe in the laying on of hands and people getting healed through the power of God. Some of them don't believe that. Some of them don't believe that. Charismatism talks a lot about holiness. And, and, and I've had some of my friends who have gone to America to preach at those churches, and when they got there, Part of the package ever of Anyona, go over my susu. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's true. It's true. It's true. Part of the package, core. not only do they accommodate you nicely, there's somebody that they place there to take care of you. Yeah, and they do it as a. Oh, I. Now, so, now, now, so here's a problem. In the process, we've lost who we are. Now, now we have been infiltrated by these prophets. And some of you are buying their stuff and reading it, and you are teaching, and then people are get thrown into schools for two weeks, they come out as prophets. Now, you see, and now, and when you read these things, all these things, I'm telling you, Basalan, listen to me, listen. Listen, I went to, I went to Bible school. I'm not fluffing. I listened to teachers who taught about what happened in the 30s and the 20s and the 50s, and I am shocked that the same things that happened back then are being recycled now. Some of you, you think they are starting today. And the problem is when people move away from their, their belief system, it's almost like when you take a building and destroy the foundation. But you want to build it and make it bigger. It's not going to work. There are certain things that are foundational to us. For instance, I mean, I talk to the music group. Our music group right now, they're not able to sing in the spirit. Our music group, they can't. They don't know how to lead us in singing in the spirit. They do it. They don't know how to flow. But when you go to the charismatic belief system, that was one of the things we learned how to do. But they don't know how to do that. And they're leading us. They're leading us. So what's happening is, bit by bit, we're losing out on things that make us who we are. Oh, it's okay. I'm going to preach. I'm, gonna, I'm a preacher. I'm going to preach. We have people in our churches who are, not, who are not speaking in tongues. Because we haven't taken the time to teach on speaking in tongues, to spend time on that, to help them know how to speak in tongues. So what happens? We have people who come into our churches, they're born again, but they're not spirit-filled. So even when I talk about certain things, about the anointing and so on, they don't understand. But then they become our leaders. So what happens? They can't flow with what you're doing. One of the things about charismatism is to teach about love and forgiveness. No, no, no. We have a genre of charismatic people who are, who are jealous of each other. They are fighting one another. They are full of strife and bitterness and everything. Yeah. When it comes to prayer, I listen to some of the prayers that are prayed. Very unscriptural. Totally off the mark. But they are being paraded among charismatics. 
So the reason I want to teach on intercessory prayer this week, I want us to bring us back to those tenets. Why? Because it is, it is intercessory prayer that made our churches explode. It is intercessory prayer that opened virgin territory to us, fallow grounds. It's intercessory prayer that made charismatic church get church to grow where others were not growing. But more and more, when you go to the charismatic churches, they don't have prayer meetings anymore. We have a Sunday morning prayer meeting. Many of you don't come to it anymore. We have a Saturday prayer meeting, which was born in our church. Many of you are not going to it. So what's happening? Bit by bit, we're losing out. So what happens is this. We birth something in the spirit. When it's born, we don't know how to maintain it in the spirit. When it's born, we move on the law of momentum. We ride on our achievements. Now, if you don't self-correct, you're going to crash one day. Because the minute you stop doing what makes you who you are, you are finally going to crash. I'm telling you. Look at the day I say, the word to think a thing, the sermon is Shabaya. <laughs> so here's my recommendation. Number one, take good notes if you are writing, however you take the notes. Number two, listen attentively. Number three, listen prayerfully. You can close that word, my brother. No, that's not a point. I'm asking him to close the door there. Yeah. Oh, 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 I'm feeling cold. Né? That one end. And this one here, né? this one, only this one. Point number four, you can close the door. So number one, take good notes. Number two, listen attentively. Number three, listen prayerfully. Number four, listen with a teachable spirit. Some of you are already offended. I know. But that's because you're not teachable. You know, sometimes people say, no, you've just confused me with what you said. You, no, no, no. I didn't confuse you. You were confused before you came. <laughs> I just exposed the confusion. Let me give you an example, Bazalana. You see, sometimes people think, well, no, no, no. Because remember, Bazalana, you filter what I'm saying through what you know. No, it's not that I confused you. No, 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 no. No, no. When I said what I said, you listen to it through what you know. Let me give you an example. Some years ago, we were given a beautiful gift, my wife and I, to go to uh, East London. There's a place called Gonubi Bay. Beautiful place. And it's very humid, very hot, very warm. And the cockroaches are this big. <laughs> so we, we were given this place, Hulodula Koyona, and so we got there. I think we got there quite late, if Kisa is wrong, and then we got into this apartment, we got there, so then we then wanted to go and, you know, reload, offload the grocery, because it was a self-catering thing, so we got into the kitchen and we put the lights on, and my goodness, <laughs> we just saw the cockroaches flying everywhere, running, I mean, it was like a war zone, they were just running for cover. Now, not Basaran. When we, put, when we put the light on, it wasn't us who brought the cockroaches. <laughs> are, are you hearing what I'm Some of you, you're not getting the revelation. Some of you, you're not getting. The cockroaches were there. It's the entrance of the light. 
It's the entrance of the light that exposed the existence of the cockroaches. That's why some of you don't hear when we're preaching. You can't understand because you've been so confused and misled. So when I say something, you interpret it according to the confusion you have. The cockroaches. Look at the neighbor and say, I don't want to sit next to anybody who has cockroaches in them. Tell them we have an anti-cockroach remedy. Tell them we have an anti-cockroach remedy. So, listen with a teachable spirit. What I mean is, bring a good, godly, healthy, and expectant attitude. See, Pastor, when you preach to a crowd like this, do you know, that, do you know what, Pastor? If you get with a preacher, the preaching becomes better. And if you get with a preacher, you receive more. Then how do you so I've learned that because there's times when I'm, I'm sitting there listening. I always, you've seen me, and I'm not faking it. I'm, I'm honestly, I get into the teaching. I take notes. I say, amen. If they say something I like, I say, amen. If they say something I don't like, I say, hey, nah. <laughs> you know, but, I, but I say something. And I find when I am teaching, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Bishop Doug said something that made us laugh. You know, we were at the wedding of his son, you know, uh, like I told you yesterday. And he said, and, and, and please, 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 don't. <laughs> and he was just saying it in passing. And I realized, you know, when you are young, when you're a young person, young people are easy. They just flow. It's nice preaching to young people, they flow. Then he says some people, they, 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 they chastise the men who leave their elderly wife for a younger one. He says, it's wrong, I know, Mara, the young people flow. <laughs> hey! Bazalana, have you ever seen young love? Have you seen young people when they're in love? They hug, they kiss, they love. When they're at the restaurant, they're talking non-stop. And when you look over at the older people, everybody is looking at the menu. Look at the neighbor and say, I hope you're flowing. <laughs> so, some of you, is true. When we stand here, when we preach, I can see you're not flowing. So it's almost like the older people are in the things of God. The moon what they become. So, Basalana, let's use the word again. Self-correct. Bring a good, healthy attitude. When we preach, you know, you see us here. When we preach, whether Bishop or I'm preaching, he stands and says, when he's preaching, I stand. When Muruti Matola, I stand. I say, I just, I, I don't want to be, I want to flow. <laughs> I find when I bring that type of attitude to church, I learn more. The Holy Spirit touches. Now, I'm not talking about just being emotional and all. Genuinely. So bring a good, godly, healthy, and expected attitude. To do what? To receive and to learn. Participate in whatever the Spirit will be leading us. I loved what you did during the, the worship when you spontaneously started praying. See, when there's a move of God, there's a certain spontaneity that's there. 
When you read the book of Acts chapter 4, when Peter and John came to the, to the, to the, to the believers who were in a prayer meeting, they just brought a report. They reported, they said, hey, these people, they've told us not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. They have threatened us. The Bible says when they heard that, they lifted their voice in one accord. Nobody said, let's pray. Nobody said, some of you have to say, hey, lift up your hands. Hey, worship. Oh, you're not flowing. Tell your neighbor you're not flowing. When, when you have that hunger and thirst, you need to have a certain spontaneity. I, I get concerned by some of you the way you are so proper. You really worry me. You really worry me because when you read the Bible, someone says Jesus never laughed. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, he never danced and screamed. Well, yeah, but, but everybody he touched did. Yeah. Everybody he touched did. So some of you already know. You are in a dead zone. You are not connected. Because when Jesus can touch you, you don't need anybody to tell you to stand up and raise your hands. You don't need that. I'm telling you, Barcelona. When Jesus touches you, you don't need, in fact, you don't even care what people say. David, who was the king of Israel, who used to wear robes of royalty, and he was taught as a king to walk graciously and to behave in a circumspect way. When the ark came back to Israel and he realized the presence of God has come back, the king couldn't just take it. He couldn't help himself. He danced himself out of his clothes. And his wife says, But I was at the That's why I tell people, I can't teach someone how to praise God. It depends the intensity of what he has done in your life. Jesus said it. He says, those who have been forgiven more, love more. That's why that woman who was called a sinner, when Jesus came into the house, she took the most expensive perfume. Yeah, to her, it didn't matter how much it costs. She didn't look at the budget because the worth of who Jesus was was up here for her. She takes the expensive perfume. She goes to him. She kneels down. She weeps over his feet and wipes his feet with her hair. You don't ever do that in those days. She lays down her pride and her beauty and her everything and pours expensive perfume. Magosa are her You can't take Amarich and use it like that. Too expensive. Jesus says, well, it depends. Yeah. So, Masalana, bring that into ten. Learn to flow. We mustn't crank you up like you're an old-time Zobo. Bring that healthy attitude to church. You know, when we sing, take the song. Raise your hands. Come to the front, dance. When we preach, say amen. When we give, give. When the word is preached and God's talking to you, be the first one to raise your hand and come to the front. Flow. And may I say to you, pastors, I hope some of you haven't become too important now. 
I hope now you don't think now you are something. Because the, the most backslidden people sometimes root. We are too important. So, participate in whatever the Spirit is leading us into. When we pray, join in prayer. Affirm the preaching through your amens. Refuse to be distracted. Now, let's look at the scope of our lessons, the things that I'm going to cover. Let's talk about the scope of our lessons. Number one, we're going to introduce to what prayer is. That's what we'll cover tonight, the little time that's left. Secondly, we're going to ask a question, answer the question, why do we need to pray? Thirdly, we're going to look at different kinds of prayer. I'm talking about this week, you know. And then we're going to talk about what is the prayer of intercession. The word intercession doesn't mean prayer. The word intercession doesn't mean prayer. We'll come and find out what it means. Number five, we're going to talk about different areas where the prayer of intercession applies. Where is it applied? Do you pray intercessory prayer for everything? Then how do we pray the prayer of intercession? There's different ways. You can pray it. Led of the Spirit, you can pray it from the Scriptures. You can pray it out of a situation. There's different things. I tell you, it's just a mind that's inexhaustible. Like I said, I'm not going to repeat what I've said the day before. It's too much to cover. Then we're going to talk about intercessory prayer and the bright clouds anointing. That will be probably be on Thursday. And then on Friday, we're going to talk about interceding for your family. And we're going to pray for families. So I'm asking you, start lobbying your family members to come with you on Friday. All of them. Bring every one of them. Every one of them. And I would advise that you sit together as families. If, if your family members don't come, find somebody here and let them be your family for that day. No, I'm not joking. We're going to release that anointing. Bishop Freddie Edwards is going to be preaching that day. We're going to pray for families. Can I hear an amen? amen. Let's answer the question. We have a, a few more minutes left. What is prayer? Number one, prayer is communication with God, our Heavenly Father. Communication. So when you communicate, you talk. And when you talk, you don't have to wear a special voice. How would you like for me to come to you and say, Zanale? You know why we do that? Because we've heard other people pray like that. We're copying. Isn't it strange? That when we come to church, all of a sudden we have a different voice. You know, one of the things was, and I'm just saying it in passing, that really blesses me. Very often I've been in places, like in a mall or somewhere, and somebody says, I know you. And they look at me and say, I know you. And I say, oh, because I won't tell them who I am. Then as they leave, then I'm talking to somebody, then they tend to say, yeah, man. Bishop Musa Sono, I was listening to you preaching. Which means my preaching voice and my moral voice <laughs> is the same. I don't know why some of you take on a different voice and a different posture 
some of you. Mm. I just don't know why I'm a spiritual. So I go, mm. Hey, Jesus. It's communication. Now, Basalan, we all have a way of talking. There are times when I pray, I say it in a certain way. We have a certain rhythm. But what I'm saying is, you know, sometimes we have these fake things that people do. And you just can't understand what the stuff is. It's communication. What are you doing? You're talking. Watch this now. Talking, communication is both ways. Some of us, our understanding of prayer is we go there, we, 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 we send a barrage of requests to God. And Mudimu and other chance our next. Because and just when he's ready to talk back about amen, and then you go. Some of you, your prayer is a one-way stream. To you, prayer means asking. You see, I told you. You see now, our tenants, our beliefs. We thought prayer is asking. I'm going to show you. Towards the end, there's, there's almost eight or nine types of prayers. I'm going to show you at the end. But that is communication is both ways. However you pray doesn't matter. Number two, prayer is not only communication with God, it's communion with God. You go into the presence of God. And that presence affects your life. That's why you know, Basalan. Some people who claim to be prayerful, you wonder the way they live. I'm, I'm being honest with you, Bazaran. This is what I was telling you. you see, see, there are certain things when you do that, you know they have certain effects. Now, when other people claim to be doing those things, and yet they are doing some of the things, you, you, you wonder, no. I remember years ago, Pastor Ray told us a very interesting story about this person who, you know, they, you know sometimes people pray and they do all funny things, you know. And they're praying, they're doing all these funny things. And then and they're in the spirit. Blah, 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 and then Pastor Ray went to them and said, Hi, man, what did you do? Here when? <laughs> now, you see, Pastor, let me be honest with you. If you are really in the spirit, then I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> if you are really in the spirit, there are things that can't come out of your mouth. If you, I'm, I'm being honest with you. If you, if you are really immersed in the presence of God, there's something about the presence of God that will cut off certain things. Yeah. So we have many people who fake spirituality. And, and, uh, and today, you know, people are popularizing and they are normalizing wrong living. You know, I've seen some of the gospel artists, you know, already they, they are living together. And they say, no, we, we are going to get married in two years. You know, I know little Tola, and I'm going to speak. So we are novelizing shaking. Fat and set. So the gospel artist who claims to be walking in the anointing, and I'm saying, if this person was really walking with God, they would never do fat and set. I'm telling you, Basaran. I'm telling you. You see, you are not flowing. You see, you are not flowing. You see, you are not flowing anymore. Muruti Kivin, you are not flowing anymore. Muruti Sebeko, you are not flowing. Muruti so, unchebile so. When you commune with God, 
There are things God will deal with you about. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You don't need it from a preacher. God will start meddling in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll talk to you about, about loving people, forgiving. He'll talk to you about tithing. He'll talk to you about attending church regularly. He'll talk to you about forgiveness. He'll talk to you about holiness. I'm telling you, Barcelona, you cannot ever, I'm being honest with you, you cannot really, really have an encounter with God. Really. That's why some people, I wonder if my police is now. I'm being honest with you. But like it news through God, I won't say it. When you have to teach somebody that sex out of marriage is a sin, then I have a problem. We have to convince people that sex out of marriage is a sin. We must convince them. Huh? And then when you say that, and they call themselves Christians. So what we're doing is we're trying to normalize. You see, Basaran, there's a certain spirit that is, that is a new age spirit where people are trying to redefine and rewrite God. And in doing so, we come up with an anointing, and the anointing we are calling anointing is nothing. When you look at it, it's not that. It's, it's good in church to roll on the floor. It can't change a nation. It can't. It, it, cannot, it cannot rehabilitate a drug addict. It cannot make a, 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 a serial killer become a real born-again Christian tend to be an apostle. That's anointing in the Bible. So we wonder why we can't penetrate. Even if there's so much preaching, President Zuma said it. So many churches, but so much wrong. I know you didn't like it. But you have to ask yourself questions. If there's a church on every corner, why are people continuing to behave the way they're behaving? That's because they just stay on the surface. We, we know the lingo. We know the behavior. We know the everything. We lack the experience. This is what Jesus said about the people of the day. He says, these people, they know me with their words, but they are, they are, their experience is far from me. He says they, they believe in it, but they deny the power of it. See, that the gospel has a certain power to it. Yeah, the gospel has power. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God. The gospel has the power to stop you from doing certain things. Yes. That's why we want God to help us because we are fallen people. We are sinners. We need God's help. We are predisposed to certain ways of behaving. We need the power of the gospel to change us. We need the power of the blood of Jesus to release us. We need the power of the anointing to walk straight. We need the power of the anointing to have integrity. To be good husbands, to be good wives, to be good young people, to be good pastors. We need the power of God. I'm telling you. And when we dilute these tenants as charismatics, we're going to have an infiltration of foreign viruses into who we are. And we will no longer have the power we once had. 
Because when the charismatic rose up and the charismatic church rose up, they brought growth in places where there was dead. They started churches under trees and in a short while they had buildings. They had people there. They had young people coming in large numbers. People got healed. People got jobs. Families got changed. People on drugs got dry and people who drank got changed and, and families were reconciled. That's the power we carried. I never will forget the, the first Sunday that we were at Isaac Sinai Primary School. If I think it was the 18th of September. If 1993, they brought a young girl, she's passed on now, who had a, a Down syndrome. She was carried. She was walking, but she was literally balanced. In English, I don't know what we say. And then... I was a young pastor, I was 22 years old when I experienced this. And here, I was, here she's sitting, I could remember, she was sitting on the left. It was a very small building. Sitting on the left, there she was, drooping like this. Everything coming out. Wasn't even concentrating. Wasn't even listening. I preached and made an altar call. They brought her. Carried her. She came. I prayed for them. Led them to Christ. Taken outside to be counseled. We closed the service. They are still being counseled. As we dismissed the service, as I looked out the window, there she was walking on her own. It was heaven. See, that's why, I, that's why I learned that as people are sitting under the power of the gospel, as you are sitting like this. <laughs> Ezekiel says, and the word of the Lord came to me. And as he spoke, the spirit entered into me. See, the, 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 the preaching of the word contains the power of God. It's a vehicle of the power of God. As you preach the word, it, it carries the anointing. It carries faith. It carries deliverance. It carries victory. The Bible says, Paul, as he was preaching in this one place, he says, as he was preaching, he saw this man as he was preaching that this man had faith to be healed. What brought the faith? As he was preaching, as he was teaching, there's something about preaching it, the anointing flows through the words. Yeah. But in charismatic churches, we don't want to preach anymore. We bring comedians to entertain us. We bring all kinds of funny things to the pulpit. People get tired of listening to preaching. They're in a hurry to go home. Even when we preach, they are busy on their cell phones. We're moving away from what made us who we are. We're self-correcting. Look at them and say we're self-correcting. Prayer in the first place is a relationship with God the Father, with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Prayer is a personal encounter with God. And so because God is personal, all people 
can offer prayers. God wants you to be personal with him. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 6, 5 to 6. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by men. He says, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Note verse 6. He says, when you pray, go into your room. Get personal. Close the door and pray to your father who is in secret. Then your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You see, you see, you see sometimes we, we want what other people have, but we don't know the secret place story. Yeah. Yeah. I see it when, when, young, when, when, young, when ministers try to get their churches to, to grow, young ministers try to get a ministry to go. They see where you are, you know, they think it's just one or two principles. <laughs> you think it's just one, two things. <laughs> You don't know the hours and 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 hours. Hours of prayer, listening to God, talking to God, reading books, being counseled. There's far more. You just, you just hear this sermon and find you're not in a few minutes. You don't know the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. That's what builds something strong. It's the, it's the background secret work, essence and show off. So if you're somebody who likes, who likes to be seen, you're going to have a problem. So you see today, people are in a rush to get things to grow and become big. So we use all kinds of things, all kinds of means, all kinds of steroids and growth hormones. <laughs> Throw your ministry into a microwave and just make it move fast. Make it move at the speed of Mark 2. Just make it go. But true ministry, if you look at Jesus... Long before he could preach. Long before. 40 days in the wilderness. Before he could preach his first sermon. And I love it in the book of Luke. It says, and he returned from the wilderness in the power of the spirit. There are things that when you do them, you get endued with power. As such, off. No. No, 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 no. And it is that that made him, when he preached, the people said, he doesn't speak like our other teachers. That, that there's something about his words. It's an unlikely weight. It wasn't his eloquence. No, no, no. It wasn't his Greek or his Hebrew. Ah. Or Aramaic. It was that his words were laced and pregnant with anointing. You only get that in the secret place. So that fast track thing. Got to spend that long in prayer. 40 days. Not talking to anybody. Quiet. In the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a secret. You see, what, what most of us don't realize, God, is the secret place that defines us. There are people who are doing evil things secretly. They think it will never come out. In the same way, the secret wrong things will cause a demise, the good secret things. People will see you preach differently. 
more anointed, ministry growing, things working. They don't know why it's working. They just, ah, ah, oh, no luck. It's not lucky. That's lucky. There's a story. And, 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 and when you know it, you can see, hey, so, so. And when you talk to them and engage them in conversation, if you are close enough, but oh, you know, I made these adjustments. No, you can, I can see. Because no man can do these things except God be with him. May that be your portion this year. I said, may that be your portion this year. I said, may that be your portion this year. I said, may that be your portion. You see, some of you are not flowing. You are not flowing. I said, may that be your portion. I'm, I'm releasing something and you're sitting there like a Egypt. I said, may it be your portion this year. Hallelujah. Jesus. Prayer cannot be replaced by devout good works. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. See, we, we replace prayer with so many other things. I'm laying a foundation today, Bazan, so we'll go a little longer. And I'm going to be spending more and more time to pray. But I, I just feel sometimes we pray without an understanding of the word. You see? So I've got to take a lot of time to teach and teach and teach. Remember what I said. At the end of this week, you'll be the most dangerous intercessor they'll ever meet. Yeah. People better not ask you to pray for something because you're going to get results. Yeah. Prayer is primarily the responsibility of the church. Mark 11 from verse 15 to 17. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and he began driving out those who were buying and selling there. There's a temple. They've changed it. Yeah. It's a temple, but they're buying and selling. Get a temple. See, we change the things that God does. It's a church, Mara. Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, is, is it not written my house will be called a house of prayer? For all nations. Instead of praying in the house, they're selling. This is when the church starts focusing on what is not its mission. Like I told you, Basalan, I've been to some places. The one place I went to, I just couldn't believe what was happening in this church. Where the people were no longer singing loudly. And even the preaching, you were given such a short time to preach. And then I come to find out later, is that as the church grew, as influential people started coming, they started lobbying the pastor. To say, we're not, we're not here for church only, we also have a life. Oh yeah, that's what people do. And then now I knew this church when they were still in the bundus. I knew them when they were still in a tent, in a dilapidated place, but now they have built a beautiful building in a very posh place. And you see, now once you're posh, there are certain people who like posh. So they come, but they don't only come, they come to try and make you even more posher. So when they came, unfortunately, this pastor was overwhelmed by these people, who they are in their stature. And he took their advice. So when you go to that church now, you can't preach for longer than a certain time. I was watching the praise and worship. When people were praising and worshiping, nobody was singing. 
People were singing. Nobody was dancing. People were just singing. They were so orderly. I said, hey. Because <laughs> I've been to this church. I've been to that church many times. These people used to run around. Azul, azul. <laughs> now today it's about azul, azul. You know, usually I'm very respectful of churches and I'll always will be. I'll never ever go against anything in a church. But for some reason that day as I stood, I just felt the Lord speak to me and said, this man is in prison. He's intimidated by these people. You must break that. And I stood and as I stood to preach, a radical anointing came on me. I tell you. And I started talking like I'm talking now. Challenging. You people used to do this. You're not doing it anymore. This is who we are. This is what God has done. You need to learn to praise God. And then and I went over time. I don't usually go over time when I'm invited. I was radical that day. I've never had that kind of anointing on my life. Never. It's more prophetic. It's a more a confrontational prophetic anointing. And I said, I preached at a point, something broke. It was like, it was like chains that were on that church breaking. It was like people who were in a cage being released. All of a sudden, spontaneously, the people in the church started, started raising their voices and shouting, Amen and Hallelujah. As I preached, people started standing up on their seats and, and my goodness, the anointing fell on the church. And I must bomb. I said, we're going to pray in tongues. Because they, they were no longer praying in tongues because of some important people there. I didn't just pray in tongues. I prayed in diverse kinds of tongues. <laughs> hey, that day, yeah, 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 yeah. I prayed, and the, the more we prayed, the more the anointing came. And the people started going down on their knees and groaning in the spirit. And, they, and they were, there was just something happening. There was just a spiritual revolution. And as, and as I watched the pastor, I saw the man restored to who I knew him to be. Get his dignity back. Get his authority back. Yeah. After the service, I sat him down. I said, you must never, never listen to these people. You go on and do what you should do. And I'm glad to tell you that church Mazalana is flowing now. <laughs> Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout. Yeah. But when the church moves away, yeah, they are the selling. Jesus says the church is not for selling. The church must be a house of prayer. When people come here, we mustn't apologize to pray. They've come into our space. They know us to be crazy. They know we pray here. Where must we edit? Because when you go to whatever they do, I don't ever remember night at soccer stadium, but I had no fufuzelas. Bishop Pute. Even worse, if we do like the extra strong. When I love it, it's I remember once I went with my sons, they were still very young, you know. So I took them to the stadium. We were sitting in the extra strong section. So there's one guy smoking the stuff. So my boy goes, what's that funny smell? <laughs> I said, shh. No, man, that smell is bad. I went up. 
don't even ask your permission to smoke that thing. By the time the match fell, you are in high spirits. What am I saying? Let the church be the church. I said, let the church be the church. I said, let the church be the church. Yeah. We, we don't apologize that we are here on a Monday night to pray. We don't apologize that we come from work, we come from school, we came here to pray. We don't apologize that we're going to sit here and pray. We're not apologizing. We are the church. Let the church rise in strength. Let the church rise in power. Let the church take its rightful place. There's nobody else in society who does the prayer thing. Only the church does. And if we don't pray for our nation, and if we don't pray for our leaders, and if we don't pray for our children, and if we don't pray for our parents, and if we don't pray for our economy, and if we don't pray for our politicians, and if we don't pray for our people in health, this nation will go to the dogs. Because even when they talk and they do that, they don't pray. Prayer releases the power of God. Prayer causes God to intervene in a situation. Prayer binds the powers of darkness and brings God on the scene. Let the church pray. Let's be known to be a praying people. In private, in public, in gatherings like this, let the preachers pray. Let the musicians pray. Let the ushers pray. Let the counselors pray. Let the security pray. Let the children's church pray. Let the elderly people pray. Let the couples pray. Let the singers pray. Let the children pray. God said it shall come to pass in the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I was watching when we were singing here. And I saw, a, 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 I don't know how old was that girl. Maybe six years, seven years old. Azula Zulamo. I love it when I see children like this coming to services. There's something that's happening in them. You may not see it. You may not see it. But something about God is being injected into their core. And there's something about the presence of God that immunizes a child from certain behaviors. Yeah. And when children start this early in spirituality, they develop a certain capacity. I'm telling you. The, the earlier you start in the things of God, the bigger your capacity. When you grow up in an environment like this, and all you know is to pray, and all you know is to preach, and all you know is the anointing of God, all you know is the oil of the Holy Spirit and the wine of the Holy Spirit. There's a certain capacity that when you get to a certain age, you become like Josiah. At the age of nine, you become a king. 
You become like Jesus at the age of 12. You are sitting with the religious leaders and discussing the scriptures with them. And that's why I say, bring the children, bring the young people, let everybody be here. Let everybody pray. We want to hear the little kids pray in tongues. We want to see them do what they did when Jesus walked into Jerusalem on, and when he was on a, on a, on a cult. And they, they, they raised their hands and they said, Hosanna is he. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Can you sense the anointing in this house was alone? Can you sense the anointing in this house was alone? Jesus says, my house will be called a house of prayer. Not for all nations, but he says, but you have made it into a den of thieves. Quickly, let me close. Sorry, today we won't pray long. We'll pray short. I want to lay a very strong foundation. Is that okay, everybody? Are you learning something tonight? Is your spirit being stirred tonight? Are you self-correcting tonight? Are you flowing tonight? I said, are you flowing tonight? Hallelujah. 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 Why must we pray? You know, it's a big question, but is it really necessary? I mean, if God is sovereign, if God knows everything before it happens, and if God has all the power to change things, why must we pray? Jesus says, your heavenly father knows the things that you need even before you ask him. <laughs> Mother, then why must I pray? I mean, this sovereign, all-powerful God, why does he need my involvement? Why doesn't God heal my sick mother? What more now could? Why doesn't God stop that car from having an accident? He can see the accident's going to happen. He was aware. Why doesn't God change this evil world? Why does God allow people to suffer? It's a very important question. And, and to show that people don't know that answer properly. That's why when things happen, we blame it all on God. People die, we say God took them. Now watch. It's one thing to say they went home to be with the Lord. It's a different story. It's a different story. Are we saying God really kills and takes the parents of two-year-old children and Abba Abulaya in a horrific accident? I think there's got to be something wrong with that way of thinking. You are quiet now. Because I can see you've been feeding on that belief. Everywhere I go, I hear people say that. You know? No, 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 but I don't want to make light of that. But that belief is very difficult. Because what we are actually saying is that we are saying that God, in terms of his care and his love, is less than you. You would never do that to your children. You'd never. 
You'd never ever do some of those things that you blame God on. Never. Never. And Jesus says, when he was talking to the people of the time, he said, if you being evil, I'm quoting Jesus, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? It was Jesus who gave, it was Jesus who gave the parable of the prodigal son. And he drew a parallel between that man and God. You know what we under, you know what we misunderstand most of us? We don't misunderstand the power of God. We misunderstand the character of God. And this is why then when it comes to prayer, we we, we don't know how to pray. We so when it doesn't happen, we say, well, God didn't like, it wasn't his will. Or no, God felt if I can get it, it will spoil me. We come up with all kinds of interesting questions. So it's an important question. Why must we pray if God knows everything? Why doesn't he intervene? Huh? And when you read the Bible, it's even more challenging because I think you must go read it, Bazalan. In all instances, 99.9% where things happened in the Bible, where God intervened in the life of people, it was because people initiated it. Even the children of Israel in Egypt, when God came to Moses, he says, I have heard the cry of my people. So if they didn't pray and cry, they would have stayed in Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. It's even worse when you read the New Testament to see where Jesus healed people. Because remember, prayer is communication. 99.9% of people who got healed under the ministry of Jesus, it was them who initiated it and not Jesus. Get that in your mind. Get that in your spirit. If you are still waiting for God to do something, you are going to wait forever. And if that is true, it means if a church is going to grow, we must pray for growth. If a nation is going to change, we must pray for that change. God will let it. He won't do anything. The question lies in what we find at the beginning with Adam. In Genesis 1 verse 26. God said, let us make men in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created men in his own image. In the image of God created him, male and female created them. Now note verse 28. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful. Somebody say fruitful. fruitful. And multiply. Say it with me. <laughs> Fill the earth. And do what? And do what? And do what? The word subdue means take care of it, bring it under control. So man becomes the takeater. The takeater. That's big English right there. The caretaker. It's God who says, 
subdue it and utaring and have what? Dominion. Have what? Dominion. Over what? Dominion. Fish of the sea over? Dominion. Yes, over? Dominion. That does what? It's God who gives man. When you read it in the original Hebrew, it says God gave man the power to become a magistrate. God takes the rulership and the governorship of the earth and places it into the hands of men and says, you are in charge. Somebody put it this way. God says to man, I will rule the other galaxies. I'll give you planet earth to rule. You are in charge. Note Psalms chapter 8, verse 3 to 8. It says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have ordained. What is man? That you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, you know, the translators didn't have the guts to translate that word properly. That word angels there is the word Elohim. I think when they saw it, they said, no, it can't be. Thou hast made man a little lower than Elohim. The name Elohim is the name of God where it speaks of the plurality of God. You have made man a little lower than yourself. We are on a higher rank than angels. In fact, when you read the book of Revelations and you read the scriptures, the Bible even says even the angels will not judge us. In fact, I'll do a teaching on angels. I'm going to teach you on angels this year. The Bible says angels are sent to be ministering spirits for those who are heirs. Angels are sent to minister for you. Not only to you, but for you. I'll teach you on that. So, so even angels rank lower than you because they have been sent to minister for you. They are your minister spirits. You have a guardian angel that has been sent to look after you. He's there all the time watching over you. Yeah, you do. You do. So God gives man and makes him a little lower than himself. So let's read it that way. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visited him? You have made him a little lower than yourself. Note. And you have crowned him, note, note, with glory and honor. That word glory means weight. Heaviness. Honor means respect. There's something about mankind that all creation is afraid of. In fact, animals often, when they see mankind, they run. It's not always that they attack. There's a certain glory and honor we carry about us because of the rank that God has given us. Oh, Jesus. Verse 6, you have made him to have dominion over the work of your hands. You have put how many things? How many things? How many things? 
all things under his word. All sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. My goodness. God gave away the ownership of the earth. He creates it, but he gives it away. And says, you men, rule it. Govern it. Everything is under you. You are in charge. I created it. God doesn't give away the ownership of the earth. But he gives away the responsibility of governing. See, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. It still belongs to him. But God says, you are the one who is ruling. Therefore, Mamela, for God to gain entry into the affairs of the earth, you are flowing now, you are flowing now. For God to gain entry into the affairs of the earth, he needs man's cooperation and involvement. Mamelang, Mamelang, watch it now because man was created to be the God of the earth. Ah, I can see. Watch, okay. Let's read, let's read. Go to John chapter 10, verse 34. Do you have five more minutes? Ten more minutes? We'll be done. I'm almost done. Just give me more time. John 10, verse 34. Jesus answered and said to them, Is it not written in your law, I said you are God's? If you call them God, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Jesus was quoting from Psalms 82 verse 6. Go there. Psalms 82 verse 6. It says, I said, you are gods. And all of you are children of the Most High. Now watch it now. It's not God with capital G. Because we can never be capital G, God. Never. He's creator. He does all kinds of things. Mara, we are like him. He has creative ability. We have creative ability. He rules the universe. We rule planet Earth. Uh, He is a spirit being. We are spirit beings. Ah, come on. Am I preaching to somebody in the house? We are in the same rank. That's why you are not in the rank of animals. You, you don't have a, a baboon as your forefather or your great-grandfather. You're on a different level. Come on, do we have people in the house? You didn't come from aliens. You came from God Almighty. You are God with a small energy. You have creative ability. That's why we can talk to God because we are in the same rank. We are in the same zone. We can understand one another because we are created like God. And God says, I'll rule the galaxies. I'll rule everything. You rule the earth in fire And if you want my involvement, just tell me. Talk to me through prayer. I will come. Somebody shout. Somebody shout to the Lord. That's why we're praying. 
That's why we bind the forces of darkness. That's why we are radical in our prayers. We know God cannot involve himself if we don't invite him. Oh, Jesus. So complete. I'm finishing. So complete. Oh, sit down. (laughs) So complete and final was Adam's authority over the earth that he and not God he had the ability to give it away to another. See, see when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, because when he sinned, he allowed Satan in into that space. So Satan now co-shares now. Watch. I want you to read something that you've read. Maybe you never understood it. When Jesus was tempted of the devil in Luke chapter 4, something very interesting that Satan says to Jesus. Verse 6. And the devil said to Jesus, I will give you all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me. It has been handed over to me. And I will give it to whoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship me, it shall be yours. Jesus says it is written, you shall worship only the Lord your God and him. Watch this, Pastor Lana, I need to run. Adam handed over the governorship of the earth to Satan. And handed him the role of being magistrate. That's why 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3 calls Satan the God of this world. That's with a small g. So when Adam sinned, he allowed Satan into the earth to rule it. So, when you see accidents happen, the current accident concurrence that, please don't tell me that God is the one who made that train and that truck. Come on. Please. But it's Satan. Why? Because in John 10, 10, Jesus told us, the thief comes. To do what? To steal and? And? Even if he's doing that, you and I can stop it. And I'll come to that some other day. So, through prayer, Bazalon, we stop the activity of Satan. Through prayer, we block everything he's doing and we say, God, intervene here. That's why you must pray. And that's why when you pray, only then do things change. So what does God say? Pray without ceasing. What does Jesus say? Men ought always to pray and not give up. Pray, 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 pray. Why? Because God can't intervene. He waits for our invitation. Waits for our cooperation. The less you pray, the more Satan has leeway. That's why you see, any prayerful church will have certain things happen in it that won't happen in other places. 
It's not because they're smart. Because when we pray, we let go. If you're a prayerful family, prayerful parents, prayerful leader, prayerful, I'm telling myself, pray, 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 pray. Oh. Pray, pray, pray. Before you come, say, pray. Oh, Jesus. I'll show you the different kinds of prayer tomorrow. There's different kinds. Pray, pray, pray. I believe in prayer. I tell you. Why? Because I know how our church has changed when we started praying. But many people are waiting for God while God is waiting for them. God's saying, look, the, the, the doors closed are you are the governor. God works on principles and covenant. He won't violate it. Let me share this with you as an end. This will be my ending comment. This is why even the birth of Christ, God didn't drop Jesus. He could have done it. He had to come through men. Jesus had to be raised by men. You don't know who you are. You, you, you haven't understood the power you carry when you stand in your rightful place. You haven't understood. That's why Satan will stop us from praying. He'll discourage you from praying. He will tell you prayer doesn't work. He will make you sleep in the morning. He will make you feel lazy. He will make you feel like God is not hearing you. Because he knows if he can stop you from praying, he can stop God from intervening. But we're going to pray. We're going to lift the prayer before God. Can I hear a shout of the sound? We're going to pray without ceasing. We're going to pray for hours. We're going to pray non-stop. We're going to pray many of us. That's why we need more and more and more and more and more and more and more people to pray. Because the more we are, the more there's open doors for God. The more we are is the more bigger territory God is able to influence. Can I hear an amen in the house? And God wants us to learn to pray. Let's stand on our feet. There's an anointing in this house. I just feel even as we were singing earlier, there's an anointing to, to, to release a spirit of prayer on our life. Just pray for a short while right where you stand. Pray for a short while right where you stand. There's an anointing. An anointing when God visits a generation and he makes them pregnant with a spirit of prayer. Some of you, your, your prayer life is going to go to a different level. More than wherever you've been before. God's going to stretch you beyond what you are used to. God's going to move you into other dimensions that you are not used to. God's going to move you by his power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, pray, Barcelona. There's an anointing.